0: hello and welcome to this latest episode of the mersey waves podcast my name is sarah and i'm from liverpool city council's communications team life seems to be slowly returning to some form of normality and the latest easing of lockdown rules means we are seeing parts of the hospitality sector open their doors once again for more than three months, the majority of pubs, restaurants, cafes, and bars have been shut down, resulting in a huge economic blow not only to the sector but to the whole of Liverpool. It is a city renowned as a food and drink destination and one that thrives on the nighttime economy. The announcement around Saturday, the 4th of July, has seemed to divide people. Many welcomed the news and immediately started planning on making the most of the relaxation. However, others have had a more cautious response, and after weeks of lockdown, it's fair to say there is a bit of trepidation about stepping into the new normal. And the same can be said for the businesses themselves. With so many guidelines to put into place, and with social distancing at the heart of everything they do, there's a huge amount to consider before they can welcome people back inside. In this episode, I'll be chatting to two award-winning Liverpool business owners who will share their lockdown experience and plans for reopening. Joining us will be Candice Fonseca, who is the proprietor of Deli Fonseca Dockside located at Brunswick Quay. And we'll also be joined by Peter Kinsella, owner of Lunya in Hanover Street and Lunya Lita at the Albert Dock. Hi, both, and thank you very much for taking time out of what I imagine is very busy schedules at the moment to speak to me today. Um, it felt as though COVID 19 stopped businesses in their tracks pretty much overnight, and the food and drink industry. In particular, had to rethink on its feet and adapt. And, you know, bring in a new business model to survive. Essentially, Candice. In terms of Deli Fonseca, it felt like you did this pretty quickly, and you were out of the blocks quite fast. In terms of your online orders and your takeaway, were you prepared for it?
1: No, not really. I mean, I think, I think, uh, I suppose I, I'm a, I, am am a natural problem solver. I like solving problems approach things as a as a when when something happens I think well how are we going to get around it how are we going to get over it but we were lucky a lot luckier than most hospitality businesses because we had the retail arm established and we could see people starting to panic buy and the demand building in the shop so we kind of saw the the signs there and we were doubly lucky because we already had an online shop that only did a small amount of volume because it was really just for hampers and gift vouchers and things we were able to convert that quickly but clumsily to begin with we had to put on bundles and spend a lot of time on the phone kind of going through like literally picking for orders on the phone for people so we were better placed than most to kind of to jump into that gap and I think that the staff are quite used to me coming up with it Crazy ideas, so they they were happy. They they very much feel that the business belongs to them as well. So they were behind it in the sense that you know they want to make sure that they this business survives for their own for them because it's theirs as well as mine type of thing. So it was a case of preserving jobs and kind of you know this is this is the way it's got to be. And I think everybody you know because if you remember at the beginning we didn't know about they didn't and hadn't announced the furlough scheme. You know it was it was pretty much i mean peter will confirm you know it's been tough being in hospitals the last couple of years as costs have risen um and you know it it was already um tough we kind of like run the businesses quite on a knife edge in the sense that we're watching sales by the by the week <coughs> as it is like why did that drop off there what is not selling why is it not selling but it's been really really hard it's <laughs> really
0: hard yeah Does that resonate with you Peter
2: yeah very much so that um I, mean, I think the best way to to liken it I mean, for us so imagine a bath with the taps turned on and that's your income coming in um and the there's no plug in the drain and the water going out basically your expenses and generally you have an equilibrium where you know if you break key bath doesn't drain but doesn't fill up if you're losing money it's just going out as quickly as it comes in and so on and this was like the taps were just turned off but there was no plug in the drain so at the beginning of march i mean it was obvious what was going to happen because you could see what was happening in italy uh, in spain so we took the decision we uh, deleted every direct debit every standing order and we stopped every payment going out to make sure that we we knew at that point we had two months worth of wages uh, and we wanted a very, if we were going to go under and at that stage it looked as though we would I think like lots of hospitality business without support we'd go under we'd at least want to keep you know pay people for uh, for two months um, and then the furlough scheme came in so you know that that helped and we so we've been able to preserve that uh, cash as a consequence of the uh, of the furlough scheme we've always from the very first day we had all of our deli range online and so our our, delis, our online sales have always been a pretty, you know, reasonably decent part of our turnover, but in cash terms, not huge. Um, and we've got these two fantastic figures. So we, we, we've kept our deli open all the way throughout. We, we closed for two weeks when four of us, uh, last week in March, I think first week in April, four of us came down with COVID and we decided, right, everyone's going to go home, see if they get it. And then who's fit and uh, healthy in two weeks time, come back and, and carry on. And our, um, our online just went bonkers. So we've, we've lost 75% of our total revenue, but our online is up 3,500%. And we went from doing about um, 30 orders a week to doing about 350 to 400. And now it's about the 300 mark that uh, and around about uh, oh, two fifths are local and three fifths are all over the uh, country and, and all over Europe as well. to we do a lot of uh, European wow. delivery. And Being open and doing that has meant that we will reopen. If we hadn't done that, we would have been one of the very early casualties, no doubt about it. Um, But it's being open. We've cleared every single one of our supplies. So we don't owe anyone a penny. Big proviso here, apart from lenders and the banks and um, our landlords, because we've not paid a penny in rent in the last three months. We don't know when we're going to be able to start paying. We hope, you know, as soon as trade picks up, we want to be in a position to start paying some rent until we pick up not going to pay all of the rent and to start to pay our debt commitments because we've had payment holidays but the, the debt's not gone away so we know we still have to pay it at some point and the longer we leave it the more it grows and the more it weakens us but keeping the deli open and being online has been fantastic because we we decided straight away to keep uh, some of our chefs working as well because one of the things which always worried me was starting again when you'd not been open at all and everyone had lost that rhythm and pace and stamina and discipline that you need to work so we just I put out this very naive tweet at the end of March to say I think right we're going to uh, we're making these frozen meals this is one of the new things we did Uh, tapas dishes which lent themselves to freezing down putting in a train reheating our home some new dishes we figured certainly the start of lockdown comfort food would be really popular so I never thought as a Catalan and Spanish pie at a deli restaurant, we'd be doing cottage pie, lasagna, chili con carne, you know what, they were really popular. Interestingly, as life's returning to normal, people are up after much less of the comfort food and much more the fancy food. So we, were, we started just to offer that free to anyone who worked in the NHS, not realising that, you you know, 20 people might see your tweet, but those 20 then retweet it and all of a sudden it went bonkers. We were getting messages. We had so -so, you know there's six hundred staff in the women's. Could we have a meal for everyone? But you know what? We've delivered everything. Last week we did our three and a half thousandth meal, and these are frozen meals in foil trays. And it's been brilliant because it's kept us really busy and it's given all of us a real sense of purpose as well. We've done these cook-at-home packs now where the Dishes which lend themselves to parceling up the ingredients and making it cheap to cook. Because sometimes when you're trying to cook a new dish at home, you know, you're having to buy seven pounds for a jar, of least um, a jar that you need 50 mils. So we're portioning them all up into individual little 50 mil parcels. And then we do a cook along every Friday on Facebook. So paella, tortilla, tapas. And that's been brilliant. It's just kept the connection with the customers that uh, work really, really well.
0: Have you kept that connection as well, Candice? I know your um, takeaway and your delivery service has been hugely popular as well, hasn't it? Yeah, I
1: mean, we did the, um, the the similar thing. We did like a bundle. We cooked down uh, chef meals and sold them in bundles. One which was called Comfort Menu and one was called Classic. And likewise, you know, people have gone from the siege mentality um, to to really starting to, well, not starting to, to really exploring cooking because they've had to, if you know what I mean. It started off with people. Because when you can see that we, we, we're slightly different from Lunya in the sense that we have the edge butchers as part of our food hall so people were buying their meat their veg and then all the other bits on top it's been interesting seeing the people's orders change over time and I you know people have become more comfortable cooking there's a lot more resources online like the lights of the thing that Peter does with the cook-along we've not gone down that route every week is different people are just changing their behavior gradually and it's understandable you can relate it back to the weather all sorts of things and and I think that it's great that you know, I, I know that the restaurants, we all need to open for our own sake. But I actually think that it's kind of going to turn into a bit of a, a heyday of home entertaining. It's going to be a bit more like the 70s and 80s and dinner parties because there will be restaurants that do the dining experience very safely and we're going to be one of them I'm going to make sure of that likewise Peter will but for other people I think kind of like they've sort of gradually eased into it haven't they with the meeting in the garden and then it'll be in the houses and then there'll be you know there'll be a lot more cooking at home people are much more confident the ingredients that people are buying just show that instead of it being you know I haven't got time to cook whatever's easiest they're putting time and effort into it. And it's a family thing as well. I think that's one of the good things is that kids are getting involved in cooking um, because they're there when it's being done. So, th- so there's always positives to be taken out of the situation. And, you know, luckily, uh, my, myself and Peter are, are, are sort of straddle the restaurant and the retail side. So, you know, what we may lose by that home, uh, by that home entertaining the restaurant, hopefully we'll still be gaining in, in, the, in the retail side because like Peter, our model, the revenue from the restaurant, even though our, our retail size has, has grown hugely, it still doesn't compensate for what's been lost in the restaurant. Um, and we're in the same situation where it's, you know, all the financial obligations and the rent and things like that, they're, they're, they've just been put
0: to one side. In terms of looking at the 4th of July, which everyone seems to be heralding as like the date, Candice, you're not opening, are you, from that date?
1: No, um, I mean, I, I just felt that, i think psychologically i was expecting the outside to open first and i was kind of ready for that but when they said the inside as well i did i only decided last saturday to be honest i have a plan <laughs> i know exactly what it's going to look like how it's going to operate what it's going to look like how we're going to do it what are, what are hours of opening because we're not going to go full-on open we'll be at, like limited opening hours how are we going to what we're going to deliver In order to hopefully achieve, because people have to understand that, like, it's one thing being open; it's another thing having enough customers in to service the staff levels that you need to do all the social distancing and all the extra checks and balances that we have to do. So, you know, I, I sort of decided last Saturday I wasn't confident about it
2: because we've been open and been we've been producing food and so on. We, we had the momentum. I mean, if we were starting from a standing uh, point, there's no way we'd be opening this weekend um and uh, we, so we've had you know we've had a good position to uh, uh, to start from and we we uh, last month we started to make some physical adaptations as well that uh, we're lucky that we've got big space in both sites actually so we've been able to i mean our liverpool restaurant's gone from 135 covers to 60 uh so we're not placing any tables within a meter we're doing all one and a half to two meters um we've been able to perspects off some cabinets and so on as well to, to 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 give some pretty good use of space but we're we're hoping that uh, what what we're going to lose we're going to lose those brilliant uh, busy high take friday nights and saturdays where you know on a um on, on a really busy saturday we can do 700 covers in hanover street uh now that's with 135 covers uh filled four times really. Uh, And now, you know, we are this Saturday, we've got four full sittings, there's 60 covers. So we're going to lose, not, not take anywhere near we would on a normal Saturday. We're hoping that people are sensible in their decision-making that, um, that are, and are going to avoid Saturdays and Fridays and start to go out a lot more midweek daytimes, midweek evenings. So we think even with 16 tables, we could, if we can fill those two or three times on a Monday, Tuesday or Wednesday, coupled with our online and our takeaway, we might come close to normal turnover. It might be different margins, but we might come close to normal turnover. Uh, that way um, and because we've had quite a lot of people in we've really had to be on top of you know the new hygiene and what I mean it's interesting because what went as clean and hygienic three months ago no matter how good it was doesn't go as that anymore uh, and so we did a lot of our adaptations a month ago so, so we were sort of cautiously confident and, and cautiously worried about the weekend um we've said bookings only which has worked well because we you know we, it means that we can as long as people turn the right time we won't have a queue
0: how is the atmosphere among your staff are they um excited to be back to work are they a bit nervous about it
2: well everyone who has been working throughout uh really excited to be going back to more normal things you know i think that that first check and that first ping of the bell is going to be fantastic um and then i think Everyone else is a real mixture of emotions. Some excited, some very worried, some lots of trepidation. We're recruiting now, you know, that I'm uh, having quite a big recruitment drive um, to uh, to get up to, uh, up to staffing. Um, but a real mix. I mean, I think the the precautions we're taking has given people a lot of comfort. Um, and we're taking, I think, two types of precaution. One, precautions which Really, a difference to yours and everyone else's health and hygiene. And other things which may be dubious as to whether or not they make a difference, but are very strong in building confidence in, in ourselves and the public that we're taking things seriously. So we're overcleaning, we're overspacing, uh, uh, you know. Um, there's lots of things we're doing which you know may make a difference or they may not we certainly won't do any harm but they look really good to be doing to give people lots and lots of confidence which I think is a key you know that um you know people have got lots of choice about where to go and I think at the moment people will be a little less concerned about what's on their plate and in their glass as to are they going to survive a visit And so it's so important to be seen, to be doing things right and building confidence, a temperature checking. So um, uh, doing it because, you know, if someone has got the start of a temperature, it will record. there. Because I think 37.8 isn't high. You know, um, I had COVID myself back in uh, March and I had had a temperature of 37.9 and I had no idea I had a temperature. Because it's it's very low on the raised uh, temperature. so we've got infrared thermometers, we're uh, measuring uh, everyone's temperature at the start of a shift, when they return from the break, and when they go home. Now, that, that's overkill, but I think it we're giving our customers three chances to see people having their temperature scanned. You know, so I think it's just confidence building as much as anything else.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that reassurance would be really important for mm-hmm. customers. And um, Candice, I'm pretty sure you're probably when you do decide to bring people back you're probably keen because just before this all happened you had a lovely new extension opened of your restaurant <laughs> yeah
1: yeah it's it seems a a bit sad it being mothballed at the minute but um yeah i mean i'm very pleased on one in one sense that um i've done it because it gives me that extra space to work with which we didn't ha- we certainly didn't have before um on the downside i borrowed a lot to do it so I'm still trying to sort all of that finance out but um, it does give us a lot more space to play with and thankfully because it went over budget I never actually ended up converting or getting rid of my old restaurant it's just empty so I've actually got a separate dining room so I can use that to make up some of the covers I've lost in the main area so I'm pleased about that And we do have a large outside um, so uh, which is covered but on the other hand we're quite windy down at the front so sometimes it, it can be quite nice but still not particularly pleasant so I am keen to get people in here and you know and have an atmosphere because the thing is we're all in this business for you for two reasons usually and it's not neither of them are usually money it's it's because like we we like being hospitable we like the banter and we like good food you know and so you know it, it, it it's the heart of the business is that interaction so it was really nice when we started getting because we didn't let customers into our food hall for a lot of the lockdown and um because we just couldn't really pick all the orders that were online with customers in the shop as well um but once the customers started coming back in that banter's back as well and you know i think people definitely sort of feel like there's progress being made and you know things are gradually going to get back to normal i can't wait till it's open although we're, we're trying to work out how to place the seat in and you know it's, it's interesting if you ask if you ask it, people what their understanding of the rules are they all have different under, you know, they they all have, have heard different things and interpret them differently. So it's important, like say what Peter said about being very visible about your precautions, because back-to-back seating is different from side-by-side seating. The kind of like the your air compositions, your your extraction positions for your hand sanitizers, all this kind of stuff. What we've learned is that people are not very good at reading signs and labels, so you have to make them as obvious and and clear as possible for people to see what's being done.
0: Final question to you both. Is this a sustainable model, and can we be optimistic about the future? Candice, do you want to go first? I'm
1: an I'm a pessimistic optimist. <laughs> that's that's what I'm like anyway. I sound quite down about most things, but unless you're an optimist, you don't really get into this game because you believe that the power of your food and the personality of you and your staff can like to deliver something that people want to pay for. Um, I'm very worried about the economy as a whole and spending as a whole um and um you know you only have to watch the news and see how many people are getting laid off that said you know well i think from my business point of view it's a case of get keeping our head down and making sure we're still here when the economy still is is, is, is it has recovered some i think in one sense both businesses are, 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 are well placed because historically in in recessions the in the food business the um kind of like your budget end thrives and your treat upper end thrives because ultimately people still want to be treating themselves um so they might not be going on holiday they might not be building an extension or they might not even be going out for dinner but they still want nice things to eat and drink every now and then and i think delhi fonseca got off lightly in the last recession as well because of that because of that wish to kind of like so when we reopened we tried to make sure that it felt you know the place was looking like a warehouse before we opened and we spent quite a lot of time repainting and and putting new stuff in just to make sure that people so that the actual shopping experience was not just safe but a pleasure and we've made sure that during lockdown, uh, we you know we we didn't particularly push any of the you know any of the kind of treaty things, but we have made sure that when we opened, we we've, we've got those out to, you know because I think that's what people have been craving, you know, fresh cakes, fresh bean cakes and things like that. I am worried about the economy. I am worried about people's overall spending. But you know, the good thing about independents like myself and Peter is that we 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 can ha- we have the ability to change on you know to change directions and to change what we're doing quite quickly compared to the chains it's been quite uh, you know it's been i feel that a lot of the chains have taken a lot of money out of the economy for a product that's not been particularly good in the sense that you know they're paying high rents and for the high footfall and all that kind of stuff so if you know if, if the independents like us can keep adapting and changing so that we're still here then i think that there'll be when we come up for air in, in a sense all the good ones will still be here because just by definition that's what people really do want. Peter are you optimistic?
2: Very cautiously I mean I think for the broader industry I'd say no I, yeah I think we're going to see a raft of closures uh, over the next three months I think as uh, as furlough becomes contributory and if you're not if your, take, if your takings are really down and most of your overheads are fixed, there's not going to be anything to, to contribute to that contribution. And I think then I think we'll see a raft of both independence going and the, the larger multiples, I think we'll see a reduction in. Um, I mean I think we, we, we closed our Manchester site two weeks ago. Uh, and that's part of our survival plan because our calculations were with three sites all trading 60% of trade we would run out of cash in between three and six weeks depending on what we took Uh, and we saw Manchester as a city very different to Liverpool that has a very big commercial centre which is desolate and is going to stay desolate for quite a while there aren't people in offices so there's no lunchtime trade no early evening trade and the, the the shopping is really decimated it's never been a great i'd say shopping destination manchester city center so we we calculated that the losses from manchester alone would bring the company down so we close that um and i think it is um our, as, as if with our online uh, with our hot food delivery a delivery style uh, takeaway we're doing except we're managing all ourselves because we're not going to give away 35% for someone to uh, take an order for us, um, and our um, the the, the Delhi's maintaining what they're doing. We've got a, I mean certainly, if, I mean our calculations suggest with the ongoing government support. So we've got a year of not paying rent. We've got another three months of support with furlough. We think our landlords will be, carry on being supportive uh, in different ways. I think as we start to trade, they'll expect payment, but we're hoping that we'll agree a debt uh, payment. And I think with those measures, we, we have a chance of having a, uh, maybe a stronger future than we would have done. But, um, I, you know, cause I think the big unspoken thing in our industry, Candice mentioned it before, the last two years post-Brexit referendum have been dreadful. You know, that that there's been a, um, uh, you know, people have been gloomy about the economic future. Uh, And I think, and when there's uncertainty, I think, no matter how much money someone's got, they spend a little less and they uh, sort of retrench a little bit. And our experience was people were going out a little bit less, spending a bit less. And so COVID happened at a time when I would say for us, we were at our weakest point in the last five years. uh, And we'd have been in a much stronger place five years ago if this had happened. And so there's a danger that COVID proves a fatal blow. We think we've done enough for it not to be a fatal blow. But I don't know, you know, if there was further lockdown without government support, who knows? You know, none of us may survive in that uh, that scenario. I do think that, but uh, I think back to 2010 when we reopened in the heart of the recession uh, if you can survive a recession, you, you survive really, really strong. And if there are places closing around you, you've got custom and staffing to sweep up and to, to acquire, which can then leave you in a much, much stronger uh, position. Um, and there is a resilience about Liverpool. Um, you know, I think one of the strong things with Liverpool, it doesn't have a strong industrial base to lose. That went in the 70s and 80s. It's, it's very tourism based. And tourism will be affected short term by this, but I think we'll see more of a local tourism filling some of the uh, space. I mean, so I think one thing I've noticed in the Albert Dock, even though it's not open yet around the dock, so we don't have the coach tours, the uh, cruise ships or the international tourists there, but locals are using the space a lot more. And my hope is, that as we all open in the Albert Dock, you know liverpudley and start to see what a great place it is to you go know, that's not just for the american tourists it's an amazing place for scousers to go to that we can benefit from then so that may fill the gap you know as until international tourism recovers or i hope it does
0: yeah i hope so too well i wish you both the best of luck with this weekend peter i wish you all luck and with whenever you decide you. to reopen candice i I really, really hope that it all goes incredibly well and successfully for you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks thanks very
2: much.
0: That's the end of this episode. Thank you very much for listening. And if you're thinking of heading to a restaurant, cafe, bar or pub, the advice is to plan ahead and take the appropriate steps to keep yourself, other people around you and the city safe. If you want to get in touch with the Mersey Waves team, why not drop us an email at hello at merseywaves.co.uk.